0: Hey my friend, welcome along to the Nutrition Nuggets podcast, helping you get clarity on nutrition. I'm your host, Dale Pinnock, Sunday Times bestselling author, nutritionist, and creator of the Culinary Medicine College. Every episode here in the podcast, we dig deep on the subject of nutrition to give you clarity, to give you answers, and to expand your knowledge. hey my friends how are you doing it's been a while i know it's been a little while i've been i've been beavering away i've been i've had my head down trying to get a new project finished i've just released a new course i've created a new course um, called mastering the wellness business so this is for anyone that is either in the wellness industry or is wanting to grow a business within the the wellness industry and actually want some guidance with regards to how to build something meaningful and significant. So I know it's been a little while since I have spoken to you guys. Okay, so I've got a question for you. I have a question for you. Is food medicine? That is the big question in this short podcast is Food Medicine. And the reason I ask this is because there's a book that's just been released and I'm not going to talk about the author. I'm not going to talk about the book. I'm not going to go into any kind of, you know, personal sort of um, review of the book or any of my opinions about anything surrounding it. That's not what I'm about. I'm not about any kind of you know, getting into debates or personal criticisms or anything like that. I left that stuff behind years ago. I'm too old for that nonsense. But there's a book that's just come out called Food is Not Medicine. And looking at some of the content, I think it's missed some really, really important points. It tends to be more geared towards some of the misinformation in the in the diet culture, which I'm, you know, very much in agreement with. But this fundamental title, this title that "food is not medicine," I think that really is a bit of a disservice. And I'd love to know what you think. Now, obviously, I've been known in the industry as the medicinal chef, and that's been quite a deliberately provocative. Um, title because I always wanted people to think differently about the food they were eating. I wanted people to realise that it's more than just fuel. It's more than just, you know, an energy source. It has the ability to influence many aspects of our physiology. And, in you know, on that basis, it does constitute a type of medicine or certainly at least a very important and very, very profound part of the therapeutic spectrum. So let's use this example, right? If you go to your doctor... And it turns out that you have um, raised cholesterol. The whole sort of HDL, LDL cholesterol ratio is a negative one. So you've got more LDL than HDL. Also shows that you've got raised blood pressure. Your doctor's not going to say to you, what you need to do is carry on eating Domino's and smoking 20 a day and eating fry-ups every day. That's what you need to carry on doing. They're going to tell you, you know, of course they're going to talk about medication. You might be on ACE inhibitors. You might be on diuretics. They might talk about statins, whatever. I mean, statins, that's a a whole other discussion. But the, the point is, it's very well established in the medical community that you need to make key diet and lifestyle changes to address these issues you know there's a well-established diet that's used in hospital outpatient clinics called the dash diet dietary approaches to stop hypertension it's a very well researched a very well documented very well established dietary intervention to turn around hypertension and then also you look at you look at things like the FODMAP diet for the FODMAP diet, fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides and polyols. This is another therapeutic diet that has been developed in a hospital. A, in a hospital in, in Victoria, in Australia, that's now, you know, uh, something that's used globally in um, dietetic outpatient units in hospitals for managing IBS. And then, you know, got things things like the ketogenic diet for managing childhood epilepsy. There's some really, really blatantly obvious indications that show that our diet is going to be a really key part of our whole therapeutic plan. Now, I think the problem lies when people look at diet as being an alternative. And I'm not really into this whole idea of an alternative. I think probably from a from a preventative point of view, then, then diet and lifestyle is really going to be the way to go. But when someone's actually in the full throes of clinical manifestation of a certain issue, like cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes or whatever then diet is part of the therapeutic picture. You know, if you still need to be given a certain drug, you still need to be given a certain drug. If you need to have a clinical intervention of some sort, then you need that clinical intervention. But that doesn't mean that you're passive in that whole process. That doesn't mean that you can't make changes today that will impact your condition. You know, with something like type 2 diabetes, if someone really, really gets on top of their diet and looks at the glycemic impact of what they're eating and and composes the right kind of diet, this thing, that intervention alone can turn the condition around. That doesn't mean that early on, if there's signs of like neurological damage or cardiovascular damage, that they wouldn't need other medications to um, rectify those issues. And I think, you know, it's quite naive to think that when someone's in that very, very... Um, serious clinical manifestation of these issues, that, that just a bit of broccoli is going to be the answer, you know, and, and nobody I think that's really got into this in any depth will say that. But what we are saying is like, look, this is an important fundamental part of that whole clinical management picture. This is the one thing that we can actively engage in. This is the one thing that we can do for ourselves to actively engage in our own therapeutic journey. And the food that we eat can directly influence the internal biochemical terrain of our body. You know, you can influence inflammatory events. You can can influence circulatory dynamics. You can influence kidney function, liver function, digestive function. You can manipulate gut flora. You can do a billion things with the food that you eat. So it is an important fundamental. So I do find it a little bit disappointing when, you know, there's, there's still this kind of backlash that... Nutrition and diet can't have a therapeutic application, and that kind of, and you know, this this is a book written by a doctor as well. Um, that kind of goes right in the face of like colleagues that he would work with the dietetic department that would basically render them useless in that case. So, look, that's that's just my two pennies worth with it. I do feel that diet, of course, is an absolute fundamental part of. A person's treatment plan. I mean, this is this is obviously beyond uh, prevention. We know, you know, we know that in a trillion different ways, a good diet and lifestyle is a very key factor in preventing many of the the, the common degenerative lifestyle diseases that, that plague our health service. I mean, we know that. And this is this is not that part of the story. This is when someone's actually already sick. When someone's already sick. Diet and lifestyle is going to be a huge part of their therapeutic journey. One, it's going to stop things getting any worse. You know, Changing diet and addressing diet and lifestyle is going to stop things getting any worse. But it has the potential to actually turn the wheel as well and to actually make improvements. And if the diet's making improvements, if the drugs are making improvements, if those two worlds are coming together, then the patient is going to be better off for it. So... My take home is that I don't think diet is an alternative in any way. I used to be of that camp. I mean, if, if you guys have followed me for a very, very long time, I mean, I've been in this industry tw- 26 years now. If you were into, if you were following what I was doing, probably in the early 2000s and that kind of stuff, I <laughs> I had a slightly, slightly different um, kind of attitude then. I was a little bit more alternative I was younger I was younger and I hadn't kind of studied up to master's level at that point I'd not you know I I wasn't that far along my my kind of academic journey and I was very much of that outlook that you know diet can be an alternative to everything. And nowadays I think, well, no, it can't. It's an important part of the whole picture. If someone's sick enough that they need to need to have drugs, they need to have drugs. End of story. If I leave my office today and get hit by a bus, I don't want to see broccoli. I want to see diamorphine. Do you know what I mean? It's it's kind of its application and its context. But to completely write it off and to say and to say that that, that food isn't medicine, food. And nutrition is something that can directly, both positively and negatively, influence our internal biochemical terrain, can both positively and negatively influence our physiology. As such, that kind of comes under the definition of a medicine, because a medicine is something you'll take to have an influence on a specific aspect of our physiology in order to deliver a therapeutic outcome. And that's kind of what you can do with a diet when it's tailored in the right way. So that's my two pennies worth. I'd love to know what you think. Drop me a line. Um, drop me a line at info at dalepennant.com Let me know what you think. Because this is this. I can't believe that we're still here. I mean, we were having these discussions in, you know, in in the late '90s and the early 2000s, you know, when the Ben Gold Acres of this world were completely losing their marbles because Gillian McKeith was looking at people's poo. Okay, I can kind of, you know, I can maybe understand where he's coming from, but there was that huge backlash then, and I think a lot of that was justified because there was a lot of um, a lot of nonsense. There was a lot of misinformation that was out there. But I think the, the the tables have turned significantly. When I was doing my master's at the University of Surrey, right? This is the MSc in Nutritional Medicine at the University of Surrey, Guildford. Most of the other students on that course were doctors, were GPs. There was a couple of gastroenterologists, but predominantly GPs, because they were seeing in clinic day in, day out, that just drugs alone were not winning the war. They're incredible in an a- acute emergency. So, you know, using that analogy of being hit by a bus, they're wonderful. Then it's absolute miracle work what, what that kind of pharmace- that pharmaceutical intervention alone will do. But when we're talking about kind of chronic degenerative disease, when, we talk, when we're talking about cardiovascular disease, obesity, type 2 diabetes, those kinds of things that really, you know, certainly pre-COVID times, were the things that were burdening the healthcare system. Just throwing statins or ACE inhibitors or diuretics at the problem wasn't making any difference. But the the doctors that were actually like, okay, I'm going to give you those drugs, because if I don't, then you probably won't be here in another three years. But I'm going to give you those drugs. But also, we're going to get your diet in check. We're going to look at your stress management. We're going to look at your physical activity. Those doctors, I mean, you know, look at the likes likes of and Chatterjee, Good, good friend of mine, real pioneer with that kind of stuff in this country. Um they were getting incredible results. And, and this is all I want to, to really get home to people. is like none of us here that are actually championing nutrition as a um, therapeutic intervention are trying to sell you the idea that it's an alternative to any kind of medication or any kind of medical intervention. What we're saying to you is it's a part of that picture. And beautifully, it's a part of the picture that the individual can actually take on themselves. Once they've got the right guidance, once they've got the right guidance from a practitioner and know what changes they need to make and why, they can start to make those changes. They can actively engage in their own healthcare, and they can take the steps to to kind of help themselves a great deal as well. So, yeah, there we go. I've I've kind of uh, gone around the subject many different ways now. But that's my final take home. And I'd love to know what you think. So my question to you, is food medicine?